Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you like to watch podcasts, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. We seriously use a lot of their products. In today's world, it is tough to navigate through the craziness that is the supplement industry. It's also easy to get caught up in the cool labels and promotion instead of really knowing the ingredients in the products and the quality of the product. With True Nutrition, whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, they have you covered. And is if you needed another reason to buy your protein from them, they now have all sorts of these boosts that you can add to your protein. I'm actually reading this off of the recent protein tub that I ordered. Caramel Macchiato Whey Protein Isolate Microfiltrated with Probiotic Boost, Super Greens Boost, Multivitamin and Mineral, Essential Amino Acids Boost, and Lion's Mane Mushroom Boost. And it still tastes phenomenal. So go to truenutrition.com, look at all of their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in C-E-P-N in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. You will not regret it, and you'll never have to question the quality of your supplements again. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social media. You can reach us at RaisedOnTheRadioSTL at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a new website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to RaisedOnTheRadioSTL.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. Now, before we get into this episode, we're going to play the latest track from our good friends in the St. Louis-based band Inimical Drive. Make sure to follow them on all the social medias and check out all their YouTube content. They have some big things in the works, and we don't want you to miss out. Here's the track that just dropped today called Nothing New, and that will lead you into the episode. Show the pages. Turn. 
Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair in Zoom lane as usual. How are you tonight? Fantastic. Fantastic. You, dude, I still don't understand how you, it's, it is seven o'clock at night on a Thursday night and you're pounding a, an energy drink. I'm going to drink a beer after that. <laughs> that can't taste good. I'm going to be up a while, man. I got stuff, I got stuff to do. Is Thursday night just your night to do stuff, like to get stuff done? I get stuff done every night, bro. I keep it moving. I keep it pushing. That's how you live. <laughs> Dude, how you, you, live you, just, you just hustle and grind, right? That's all you do? That's right. <laughs> That's right. This is a Gary V shirt I'm wearing. Um, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I got to edit this show. I got to publish some articles. I got I got stuff to do, man. Yeah. No, I'll be up a while, and I'll be up at 5 a.m. <laughs> That's insane. I said hustle and grind, and it made me... You've seen the movie Hustle and Flow, right? I have. I kind of want to watch that again. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's a good one. It was a good it's movie. A good, yeah. It's a good... It's a, it's a good... It's what a good was flick. the... What was the, the big track off of that? Uh, Three Six Mafia song? No. Uh, well, maybe. I don't remember... What was the... There was, there was one big track off that out, off that soundtrack. What was it? The Three Six Mafia? It was the... Uh, uh, you're going to do this to me? I have to, because I, I have to know now. So just because I said hustle, you said hustle and grind, it made you think of that movie? Yeah, well, hustle and grind, hustle and flow, close enough, right? This is how my mind works. You should know this by now. <laughs> if, you, if you say so. Yeah. Tell me why, 8-Ball and MJG? That might be it. Yeah, that's probably, the, I mean, there's the hustle and flow song, but... Oh, and then hang on. Three, the Three Six Mafia won a Grammy for, uh, or no, an Oscar for best. Was it best original score or something like that? For that, it's hard. It's hard out here for a pimp. That's the oh, song yeah. I was from, thinking. The of. one that was actually in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> it is hard out here for a pimp. I assume it sounds like it. You're up. You've got a two-year-old kid, and you're just hustling and grinding all night long. I I, I don't get it. I don't see how you do it. You're like, aren't you like fifty? <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> if you say so, bro. <laughs> Either way. Uh, music related, though, the band Dayseeker. I seen that you posted on your. I guess I seen it on Facebook. I think you posted a story about the new song without me that came out. I don't know much mm. about the band. Yeah. Have you been following them for a long time or just recently? I would say no recently. So like their last record I really got into was that that was from 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got four or five songs on it that I'm really, really into. And um, after that, they released a song called neon grave, which is outstanding or it was like released as a single March of this year, but, um, yeah, man, I, I, before that, I kind of knew they kind of came in and out of my, my world a couple of times. And I just remember going, eh, it's okay. And I never really did anything, but that last record was really good. And this new song, if the rest of the record's anything like it, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm a fan. That song's fantastic. Yeah. That dude, they, they put together melodies better than any band I've heard in quite some time. And I kind of like the fact that this song they put out, they didn't get 
heavy. There was no screaming. The riff, you know, it was still kind of chunky. Which, which they did on that last album. There was some heavy, some heavy stuff on there. I mean, they used to be. Yeah. If you go back and listen to the old stuff, yeah, it was much more. So my my big my big ish. Yeah. Okay. So that was going to be my question. Um, you had posted, I guess, on that post, you said something about changing pop punk, chop pop rock, or pop changing pop rock. So yeah. I, that's what I was curious of because I've heard you talk about Dayseeker before, but I never really gave him a chance. Why well, I went back and listened to that album all the all the way through today, and I really liked the, it. But the last one. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. 2019. But. It it had a, quite a bit of heavy stuff in there, so that was had me kind of confused when you said like pop rock. I was wondering like, is there a such thing as like metal pop or anything like that? Like that's both heavy but also has the the melodies and stuff too. I've never heard that before. Bring me the horizon would definitely be one. But are, are they remember? Are they considered that? No, I don't know if anyone's necessarily considered that. And okay. I mean, I just said. Uh, for me that song is it's pop music to me uh and i don't i'm not saying that to be insulting right as you know i, I love pop music i just think it's great the, the melodies and the way that he he is he arranged his vocals and it's just a really good fucking song man yeah and um yeah i dig it my my only beef with them is they put out that i don't know if i sent it to you but i brought it up to you maybe a couple of episodes back, but they did this like live at Sirius XM thing. And it was so just fake. Like everything was tracks and you didn't know what was real and what was fake. And it was just kind of like the song's great. You know, I, it's fine, but just, I don't know if I could go see the band live. If I know that that's what they're going to be. Well, fuck it. Who cares? I'd still see it. I don't give a shit. But, but are they, I mean, you know, we've talked about the tracks thing before and you said, you know, do, do whatever. Like as long as it sounds good, do whatever. Well, I could, you, could it you, could it have been exactly right? Could it have just been for that event? Maybe that's why, or maybe I don't know. Maybe it was just a, a is that in front of a lot of people, or is that just a live taping of something? It's, or it's one of those weird, awkward in studio. You know, okay. there's no one there. You're just playing in front of a camera. Okay, I hate those. Those are those have always been weird to me. But you have to do them. It's like it's obligation. Have you seen any live performances? Like, if you watched YouTube videos of Dayseeker performing I live? have. So I did. I did. There's, there are not a lot out there. There are some fan-made ones, but there's one that's really highly produced as well. Sounds a little bit fake, just the same. And I'm not... I'm, I'm Saying it's fake is the wrong way to put it, but, you know, there, there, just, there are a lot of tracks to cover up the mess. Which, again, okay. fine. I mean, that's that's... 2022 music um you know there are the the purists of rock and metal and they'll be like that's you know they don't like it but i don't know i just think i think that dude's a really good vocalist and i would love to just hear it without the tracks just to see like how good are you live right just you you know but it's fine it's fine. You can get over it. I mean, I would like to go see them if they if they if they show up here. I I, I would go, but I, I would if I had to guess. You get a lot of the same of what you see in that video that I'm describing. Pull it up. The the YouTube video. Go to YouTube. Go to uh, just okay. YouTube. Dayseeker Neon Grave Serious. Oh, so you want the live at Serious XM deal? Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Here we go. 
So look, again, I want to preface this real quick before you do it. Good. This is a fantastic song. This is a really cool band. Which I haven't heard this song yet, so I'm kind of excited to hear at least the beginning of this. Let's jam it. Let's, Let's vibe. Okay. So far, so cool. Yeah. Okay. You see what I'm saying about that, right? Those vocals. Yeah, yeah. They're too. They're too. They're too pristine. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And perfect's not even the right word to use because there are singers who sing perfectly. Like that's just pristine. Like it, okay. it sounds like it's not human. Okay. You know. But go on. It's I, still I mean, awesome. I mean, do you you mean it sounds like they're doing a live performance, but it sounds like it's straight off the album? Like it, correct. That, I mean, oh, this is supposed to be a live performance. But again, but this is also like a lot of times people go, well, it's an in-studio. So they're running it through compression and, you know, filters and they have tracks going and they're whatever, whatever. Go ahead. Okay. You see what I'm saying though, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're 37 seconds in and already you feel like, okay, well, still good, but. But I mean, I know I'm going back to the same thing that I say a lot and you some a lot of times don't agree with me, but is it the musician in you that is doing that? Because most people, you know, the normal everyday fan probably isn't noticing that. They're probably just like, this sounds really good. You think so? I They're probably not like, oh, that's too perfect. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, go on. We'll discuss that after we listen to the whole thing. Again. Okay, here we go. I have to say for one, that's a pretty impressive curl across that guy's face. What <laughs> the guitarist that it, that one cur- hair curl that cover that goes all the way across his face? How is that what you're paying attention? I don't know. To that and also there's a certain is there a certain okay is there a certain kind of dude that ha- wears that earring that the lead singer has the long dangly one that's different right the Barry the Barry Bonds <laughs> yeah it's, 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 <laughs> think about that it's popular right now oh is it. Yeah, a lot of people do it. I mean, okay. Machine Gun Kelly wears it. There's someone we know in a band from here that does it, but I won't say. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But so again, I want to go back to these vocals. Those are yep. powerful, powerful fucking vocals, man. For sure. Like that dude is wailing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just want it to not be so perfect or pristine or whatever word you want to use. Again, it sounds awesome. And I know what he's doing. You know what I mean? I know that that dude's fucking digging deep. Even if he isn't doing it live right now, when he, he had to do those in the studio. So I know like he, he had to dig deep to hit those. But he's do, got but, a powerful voice. But I wonder what their live performance is like outside of something like this. Like if they're actually on stage in front of a crowd, like if they're, he's moving around a lot, 
or anything like that? Because of course, then it's not going to be near like this. But I wonder, I wonder how. From what I've seen, I, he doesn't move much. So I wonder how close he actually gets to this without without tracks. If he ju- if he just stands in one spot most of the time. He no, he definitely does. The live videos that I've seen, he doesn't move much. He's very much in his, and he's got a his his bubble is that mic stand, and yeah, he doesn't. They don't they don't move that much either. They're very much a kind of like stationary, like which again, I, I'm not. I don't hate it. I prefer to see people go ape shit on stage, right? But gone, gone. Sorry. Okay, you're good. Here we go. It's a great fucking song. Yeah. Are you want to listen all the way through or no? No, we don't have to. Okay. It's a good song. Yep, it is. Uh, that song, he wrote that song about his dad that died. That also makes it, you no. Know, right. Gives it more meaning and makes it cool, but. Yeah. The biggest part that I noticed what you're talking about is that, uh, the like that big part that he just did where he pulled away from the mic, like to, to really built it out. Like you could definitely tell that's not, no, that's not, that, that, you you didn't do that. <laughs> it's too it's too neat. Yeah, you know? it is. It is. Yeah. And again, they're not. And I, I don't. I, again, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit on this band because believe me, I mean, you go see Bring Me the Horizon live. That dude. There will be times where the mic is nowhere near his face. Oh really? And there are vocals happening. Oh yeah, dude. And they are they are no shame in their game when it comes to the tracks, dude. <laughs> fucking uh, the spirit song. Uh-huh. You know, the fucking, the chorus yep. part where it's like the choir singing. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the band sing. Nobody's even <laughs> attempting to make it seem like anyone in the band is singing. They're all just rocking out and doing their thing. Okay. So again, I, I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not talking shit. I think what I really like about that song specifically in this band is we, the last project, the last band that I was in, we, when we went to record our EP, that, that sound not that sound specifically, but that type of sound is really what we wanted to go, wanted to do, and what we did. We did it in a different way. Can you explain what you mean by that? Like, what yeah, do you mean by so that like, sound? So, really heavy, down-tuned guitars. Okay. With clean, poppy vocals, essentially. Okay. That and I think they pull that off, and that's why I said, like, you know, even the new song, the guitars aren't as heavy, and there's not as much riffage. It's very much more uh, straightforward. Um, but it's still the, you, the guitars are really down tuned. They're really powerful. And then that's exactly what we tried to do. Um, again, I don't think we did it in the same way. Um, cause I'm not the same kind of singer he is. I'm completely different, but that's why I like them. I think, I, I think they're, and I like, there are a lot of bands that sound like that kind of, sort of, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know. I think they're doing it. That, I I don't know. I just think they're doing it better than anybody right now. We'll see. I, I don't know. Where are they out of? See how the rest of the record sounds. Huh? Where are they out of? Orange County, I believe. Okay. They were on the same record label as um, Discrepancies. Oh, really? 
they are no longer. They left that label in Vogue Records. Okay, they're yeah, on, yeah, I've heard of. They're them. on um, oh, for fuck's sake, Spine Farm now. Okay, Which Spine Farm is a really cool label. Spine Farm has a shit ton of really awesome bands. Okay. Which I don't know if you looked, but the label that Story of the Year is on now, mm-hmm. ton of fucking great bands, dude. It's like a really good fit for them. Good. Uh, let me look up Spine Farm, give you an idea of what I'm talking about here. Okay. Because it is just loaded. We actually had a conversation with them. Oh, look, Dayseeker on the front page. Um, we had a conversation with this label back in 2018. They were like, any chance you guys can be heavier? We're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> um, 36 Crazy Fists. Airborne, oh, really? Anti-Flag, Atreyu, Billy Talent, The Browning, Bullet from My Valentine, Day Seeker, Death from Above, 1979, He is Legend, Refused, Killing Joke, Saint Sonia, Scorpions, like... Just it's a really cool label. While huh. she sleeps, and what is the label that Story's on? I fucking the name has escaped. Me. I yeah, I forgot. Sharp, sharp, yeah, sharp tone. Here, let me look that up. Because they have some fucking bands too, man. Was am I mistaken that wasn't it a thing where they didn't want to be on a label for a while, or or am I just thinking of the uh, the album that they put out by themselves, that Wolves? Yeah, I mean, I I. I've had conversations with only one of them about that. And I think it was always kind of right. It needs to be the right situation. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn here. Cause I don't know how much of any of that is public. So gotcha. But I, I don't, I don't like avidly follow them on social media to know what they announced to the fans or not. So, okay. Um, so sharp tone, August burns, red bleeding through crystal lake currents. And I don't know if you know any of these bands, but caskets, Don Bracco, Amur, fucking who else? Of Mice and Men, Polaris, Miss May I. So like all like just ton of steps on. Have you heard steps on? Uh-uh. I think you'd like them. Okay. Story of the year. It's a really good label. So good for them. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, that the Day Seeker, I think what's really I think what I'm really digging about them is just because I was like, I was trying, I did that. Nobody heard it, but I did that. <laughs> like, and that's the thing, dude. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, I know I always joke with you. Like I can't be in a room if my music's on, but just know that when I make music, I really think about like, would I actually listen to this? I try to put myself into the listener's shoes and be like, would I actually put this on? And would I, would I jam it? So like that record specifically that I, you know, said is kind of like the day seeker type model, the model. I listen to that. Okay. Then I'll force other people to listen to it with me. I'm not a shithead, but I mean, I listen <laughs> to it. It's got some of the best, it's got some of the, my favorite stuff that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And it's just, you know, but it also, you know, it's the most production I've ever been a part of, you know, uh, so I know I joke about that often, but. Well, I mean, I, I I would imagine for any artist, you've got, I don't know, you you have to be able to listen to what you put out. Like if, if you 
if you can't listen there to are what, many people that don't man trust me that's, i'm not, that just, I'm not alone in this that's just crazy to me i guess like that i don't know have you ever heard a stand-up comedian be like i can't watch myself now see i was trying to think of something to compare it to i was thinking of something like that or somebody who uh we've talked about some uh, tv shows in the past where uh, you know, pe- people who are in that show ne- never watched an episode of that show. They right. just they acted in it and they walked they walked away from it. I, I I I get that. I just feel like music's a little different because if you if you didn't like what you were putting out, well, maybe it's not because if you don't like what you're putting out, then you wouldn't do it. Well, but, look, man, there are moments you got to understand. Like you you you're living in a moment when you're writing and recording a song. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest hurdle for me in any project I've been a part of is usually what was originally written never ends up being what was recorded, which I think is a huge disservice to why you wrote it in the first place is because you got a feeling. Now, sometimes it's good for it to change because it could get better, but also a lot of times it loses the original feeling. No. Do you think that normally means because the band made it change or like other like engineers or could be all of the above. Okay. But the biggest, the biggest curse to, again, this is just my experience to a band is when too many cooks are in the fucking kitchen. Yeah. And you start overanalyzing each part. You start overanalyzing this and that. And it's, it's not fun. Not for me anyway. I, I don't approach it like that. It's like I said on the last episode, like music should not be a science experiment. It should be, it should be feeling, it should be emotion. It should be like, what were you feeling at that moment? And I think if it made you feel awesome at that moment, that's what you should at least try to get out there. And if it changes, it changes. That's okay. Yeah. You know, that was the beauty of the last thing we did all the EP that I'm talking about is I was in the studio by myself. Me and a producer. I didn't have band members giving putting their their two cents in. I didn't have any, you know. Which see that that's what. Which they he, they weren't usually. They weren't bad about that in the first place. I, I'm making it sound like it was a, it wasn't a horrible situation, but it's just it's just different. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking back to the conversation that we had with Inimical Drive when we, when we had uh, Nick and Joel on the show, and they were talking about how all the guys in the band just went for like five days and it was just them yeah. writing and putting the music together and all that. And now you're kind of talking about like, it was better for me to just be me in there, not having to deal with the, you know, five other people like changing things or putting their input on things or anything like that. But yeah. like you said, sometimes it's good that it changes. So they're having the input from those, those people definitely can help. I'm sure, but it can also hurt. I can see, I can see both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, this is all anecdotal. Yeah. There, there are different ways to doing it. You know, mm-hmm. I think, uh, and again, I've never been, I personally have never been a part of a band where there was like a songwriter in the band and then everyone else just kind of played with what that person wrote. But that's the case in a lot of, a lot of bands, one or two people at the most and then you show up and they go here's here's the song learn it and i've never been a part of that but also i've never been a dictator i've never been like hey i wrote a song here's how we should play it 
I don't which is what's I would, great. Would you really feel like you're a ma- like a a massive part of a band if you just show up to do it the way you're told to do it? I mean, if you're playing to fucking ten thousand people on a nightly basis, I'm sure you get over it real eh, quick. I guess. I, I think would. isn't that isn't that I the story? Would. Isn't that the story behind Tool? Doesn't Maynard? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Maynard just shows up whenever they're ready for him to sing vocals, and that's it. What a good guy! What a good yeah. friend! Yeah. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, I just don't like Tool. I just can't. That that makes me dislike it even more. If that's true, I'm. I would have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure. Did I hear that? That would not surprise me. I think I. I think like I heard that on the Rogan episode. That yeah. When it, Maynard was it on, sounds there, like something sure. he would. Yeah. <clears throat> I just um. Well, that's again for to what we were just talking about. Like, I just went into the studio last weekend to start on a song, and I was laying down all the guitars, and I was like, "Man, I was like, it never used to be this way." Like, I, I told Gerald, the guy, the you know, the guy that I work with, I was like, he was like, I laid, I basically sent him just like a little quick demo I recorded on my phone of the structure of the song that I had and what I, where my vision was at, and it was a lot of riffs that. I've had for a while, but when I got in there, he's like, yeah, this is like a rocker. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm going with it. He's like, it's cool, man. And I was like, yeah, thanks. And so I was just like, yeah, believe me, I never would have showed this to any of my band members ever. He's like, why? He's like, I just, they, they wouldn't have, there are a multitude of reasons why, but they just, it just <laughs> wouldn't have. I know it wouldn't have transpired. It, it wouldn't have been a song. So I get to do it my way. And if people like it, great. I don't know. We'll see. So far, so good. Which I mean, I I imagine that happens with a lot of musicians, right? That go and do their own solo thing afterwards or during. I mean, because they have their own vision yeah. for something, but they know that it doesn't fit the vision of the rest of the band and it doesn't fit the, maybe even the style of the rest of the band. So why not do it, you know, do your own thing? Yeah, I mean, with me, it's not about vision. I'm just having fun. I'm just, you yeah. know, getting ideas out that I think that I like, mm-hmm. you know. I don't, I, there's no vision. There's no real purpose for this other than me just keeping busy with music and putting music out there. And, you know, like I said, if people like it, great. The only expectation I have is that I, you know, continue to challenge myself to keep getting my ideas out, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I when I, when I see people that used to be in bands and, haven't played in a long time. I don't dare ask them like, Hey, you still playing? Cause I just assume they are because that's how I am. Okay. You know, like yeah. when I have like, like family members or someone I haven't seen in a long time, are you still playing music? And yes, never, I'm never not going. To be. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah, it's not the way it is with me. I'm not wired that way. I love it too much. It means too much to me. So you wanted to, you brought up Christian bands the other day. What was your point of that? Uh, because I listened to that uh, Finn McKinney podcast, and he, this I think it was a, it was a little older episode, but he had Sonny from POD on oh, there. Yeah, yeah. And he I was, listened to like 10, 15 minutes of that. It was a pretty good episode, but they were, he was talking about in the beginning when they weren't really anybody yet, and they started actually picking up steam, but 
they were everybody was labeling them as a Christian band, which right. they didn't. You know, they they didn't really even they considered themselves themselves Christian, but that was about it. They tr- they had a message they were trying to get across, but they never yeah. really put them in a Christian band category. Then I guess the label that picked them up after they seen how much momentum POD was getting, they actually started looking into these other Christian bands because of POD, which is kind of crazy because, I mean, I've heard of POD being a Christian band, but I never felt like they actually were. Yeah. So I actually, I've been following POD for a long time. They were actually my first show ever. I saw them in a church basement in Kansas City, Missouri, was them, Living Sacrifice, Project 86, and the OC Supertones. All, using air quotes here, all Christian bands. Okay, first I I have to know, how did you end up in a Kansas City church basement? I was barely a teenager. I might have not even been a teenager yet. My sister went to college in Kansas City, Kansas. And she had, her roommate had a brother who was like two years older than me and they went out for the night and I was supposed to just stay in her apartment or there was, she was like, Hey, her brother's going to a show. Do you want to go? Like, it's okay. Well, okay. I'll allow you to do it. You know? Um, so I went. Okay. It's history. So this is and like, then Sun, but- and then fast forward however many years later and Sonny sees me <laughs> face down on a toilet. I was going to ask if he remembers you. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> but this is before like anything, right? This was before. What was that first album? Was it Southtown? Oh no, they had several albums before. Oh, that did album they? Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, this was long before that. This would okay. have been. Well, let me look it up. I actually just had their their wiki. So this would have been. Let me find their discography. Discography here. Do you know what POD stands for? Payable on death. On what was the last word? Death, isn't it? Death, yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, this would have been, this would have been when their first record was out. It was called Snuff the Punk. Okay. That would have been, yeah, so this was 1994. Yep. Yep. So the fundamental elements of Southtown came out in 99. They had Brown in 96 and then Snuff the Punk in 94. So not several records, two records before that. Okay. But. Uh, yeah, it was, it was nothing like I had nothing like I'd ever seen before, man. And I was hooked big time. So I got a little bit into the Christian scene because of that show. Is that where you found project 86 also? Yep. Okay. Yep. Definitely. But I forgot about them. I forgot about them. And then one of my good buddies, he had drawing black lines in his car, in his CD book. And I was like, holy shit. I remember this band. And he put it in. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm slipping. I should not have forgotten <laughs> about this band. But uh, the, it was like nothing I had ever seen before. So then I started discovering some of these bands. Um, I went to Cornerstone Festival two years in a row, which was odd. I've heard of that. It was odd. Like We were like smoking weed in our tent and drinking, and everybody's like, no sex until marriage. And, you know, I was just like... <laughs> I'm just here for the music. I'm just trying to get fucked up and listen to music, but <laughs> good experience. It was fun. Evanescence was there one year. This was long before they were ever anyone. Blind Side was another one. Blind Side was 
a big one for me too. So yeah. So wait, what was your question? Way back. So you saw him on the, the podcast and you just thought it was interesting that they never really identified as the Christian rock band. Right. But, and, but, yeah, uh, but were, other, but other were picking up those bands left and right. Right. Cause it was a, there was, there was, there was money to be made on a lot of these bands. Right. You know, it just from, from the way Sonny sounded, he said that not really many people wanted to give him a chance in the beginning because they were considered this Christian band. But then after they were picked up, it was like, Oh man, they have momentum. Like we need to, we need to find some more of these Christian bands. And I, I just thought it was cool if they were the beginning of this. Yeah. I mean, those bands used to team up and they used to pack places. Now, again, it's not your ordinary rock concert crowd. I mean, these are Christian kids going to see these bands. Yeah. But the cool thing about it was, and it was kind of like what I, what the, the fucking Sunday night local show used to be here. Just bands from every genre. Yeah. But they all got along. They weren't competing. There was none of this nonsense. You know, the, the show that I'm talking about, so it was POD. You know what POD sounds like. You know what Project 86 sounds like. But Living Sacrifice was like the fucking... <sighs> they weren't death metal, but they were fucking like thrash meets whatever. Like They were heavy. Heavy fucking band. Uh-huh. And then the OC Supertones is a fucking ska band. <laughs> you know? So like... <laughs> It's just all over the place. Yeah. And it was fucking fun, man. And you didn't like, there, there were no like metal kids being like, oh, ska. And there were no ska kids being like, fuck metal heads. Like everybody was just having a good time together. So it was very cool. And then I started going to like punk shows here in, t- in town and everybody hated each other. And I was like, whoa, what happened? What, why is everyone so upset? Like, why is everyone like, you know. Did you figure out, did you figure out the answer to that? People suck. Oh, okay. Bands suck, <laughs> especially from this shithole. Just kidding. I love everybody. Uh huh. Do you think it's still happening? You think there's a lot what? of? You think there's a lot of that people? I don't know, man. I'm gonna get. I got a couple of guys that want to play this stuff. I'm, I'll play a show and I'll let you know. Hang on. What? Know. One more time. You you have a couple of guys who want to play this stuff. Like my my stuff, the Rocky Rocky stuff. Yeah. Okay. A couple of guys have been like, hey, we should just play a show. I was like, okay. That'd be cool. Okay. We'll see if it ever materializes. Maybe in like a church basement or something? That would be that would be the shit. <laughs> I don't know if it would go over well. I say fucking cunt a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's um there are several bands too. Like people didn't know they were Christian. I'm trying to think of some other examples or like they weren't. Well, you said Evanescence or were they considered a Christian band? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Them in somebody else. Uh, well, Flyleaf's a big one. Yeah, that's true. They're a big one. Creed's a big one. Yeah. But even they said that we're, we were, we're not a Christian band, you know, Scott Stapp's lyrics were just very spiritual because that's just what he wrote. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the band didn't identify as Christian really at all. I don't think. I mean, I've seen that in interviews where they're like, nah, we're not really. But, you know, I mean, when you, you're fucking singers up at the top of a mountain with his arms out like he's Jesus, it's kind of hard <laughs> not to. Kind of hard not to consider you at least a little bit Christian. I want to have fun with this now. I want to know some more Christian bands because this is okay. I'm trying to pick in my brain. Blinds the, the big the big ones for me were and 
you know, I even in the t- at the time when POD started blowing up, I'm like, yeah, they're not a Christian band. Like, they're all like spiritual dudes because of the the way they were raised with their faith. But like, right. I don't know. Like, there were a lot of like Christian overtones, like a lot of the imagery, like uh, album covers and stuff like that. But I don't know that they're. But so them Project Eighty Six, and this is just my opinion. Them, Project 86, Blindside, Zayo, which was, again, like a really, really heavy band. Oh, Switchfoot. There's another big one. Yeah, okay. Skillet, they, they were huge l- one. They were later, though, right? Switchfoot? 96. Skillet, 96. Started in 96. Dang, really? Skillet's a huge one, dude. Skillet yeah, has sold that's millions true. of records. Dude, I watched them. Uh, it was them... What was that show called? It was up at, it was under the arch. Um I don't know. But I know what you're talking it about. It was Flyleaf, Skillet, and I can't remember who the other band was, but Skillet's show was freaking awesome, dude. They were on the like these pillars that were like raising up and down the whole time and everything. It was awesome. And then there was like some uh, all the people at the front broke down the barrier and just started rushing the stage. Yeah. Pretty cool for a Christian show. Was it actually a Christian show? Yeah, it was, but I can't remember what it was, it was called. Okay. Uh, Demon Hunter, another good one. Thousand okay. Foot Crutch is a good one. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Pillar d- is a good one. Yeah. Red. I'm not necessarily a fan, but they're okay. I liked their first album and like a couple of songs off the second album. Yeah. But I didn't realize they were considered a Christian band either. Jars of Clay. <laughs> you know that band? I, I know of them. Oh, what's the other one? Uh, DC Talk? <laughs> yep. 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 That's old school right there. That is seriously old school. <laughs> they started in 1987. Oh my God, really? That's what it says. Wow. There's one I just saw. Oh, 12 Stones. They were a oh, big yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, coming up in the early 2000s. They now were- that makes sense because wasn't it the lead singer of 12 Stones that did the other part in that Evanescent song? Yep. Thought so. Paul, what's his name? Paul something. Paul McCoy. Okay. Yep. He was in the Bring Me to Life. Yeah, that's it. Song. Yep. So yeah, Christian. I don't know of any newer. I'm sure there are a ton. Right. Actually, you know what's funny? Man, a couple years ago, I got really into a station on the radio here, and mm-hmm. I don't know how far it broadcast out. I think it was like 99.1. It was a Christian station, but it played everything. It played like top 40, hip-hop Christian, rock Christian. There were a lot of good songs. Really? There were a lot of like good artists. But I haven't listened to it in a while. But... I remember a couple of the songs that were considered top 40 Christian crossed over to regular top 40 radio. Oh, nice. I can't remember what they are, but decent, decent pop songs, you know? Yeah. So bringing this back around to day seeker, that's that show or that, that live performance that they were doing is that was a serious thing, right? So like the, um, like the performance that, um, puddle of mud did when he, when he tried to cover, and did absolutely terrible. That was the, was that the same thing? 
I'm not sure. Or same type of thing, at least. That was a serious XM performance, wasn't it? it most likely. It was okay. one of those, yeah. Okay. I mean, there are only so many goddamn radio companies left, you know? Now, the thing that Machine Gun Kelly did when he that tried to do aerials... Radio, actually. The Puddle of Mud might have been? Yeah. Who okay. knows? It doesn't matter. Now, same the thing, thing that Machine Gun Kelly did when he tried to cover aerials, was that serious? Or was that Howard Stern? That was Howard Stern. Okay. Okay. Which again, it's like, it's all the same shit. Yeah. It's all awkward. At least with Howard Stern, you got Howard sitting there watching you. So if you get his approval, it's like, well, I got him. Yeah. Fuck everybody else. Because he could turn his audience. Like, even if you did poorly, like I'm sure like Machine Gun Kelly, clearly that wasn't a good cover choice, but Howard was like, oh, that was great. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm sure his fans were like, oh yeah, it was great. Because Howard said so. I wonder... I wonder how many listeners Howard Stern still gets. I think he still does pretty well. I mean, he's been at it for, what, 30 years? Probably longer? I mean, I know he does good. He pulls pretty good numbers now. Otherwise, why would they keep giving him contract extensions for insane? Have you have you ever seen his house? Uh-uh. <sighs> Dude. He's got like, it's like a fucking, it looks like, Looks like a college. Jesus. It looks like he pulled up to Duke University. <laughs> I swear to God. It's like this giant estate in the Hamptons. And you look at it and you go, who needs all of this? Right. Like for real, what do you do with all of this? It's too much. Yeah. Like if I walked up to that, my brain would go, turn around, walk away. <laughs> because you're, it's just, it's just too much. Yeah. What are Howard Stern's ratings like? See, when was this written? February 24th, 2022. That's recent enough. It's criminal. Prior to Howard's arrival on Sirius, the company only had about 600,000 subscribers. To date, the company has 35 million. About 30 million of these subscribers signed up for the paid radio company within a few short years after his arrival. I was going to say, but I mean, Sirius wasn't a thing for very long before Howard Stern jumped on, right? Correct. Correct, yeah. So he owns shares of Sirius, and he's got all these other deals, too. Yeah, he's doing just fine. As far as the ratings go, it doesn't really say, but... Do you keep Sirius in your car? No. No? I don't either. No, I was was going to, but... I didn't feel like paying for it. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because like every time you buy a new vehicle pretty much anymore, they give you like three months free of it or every once in a while, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll give you like a month free here and there. And I always enjoy it. And I always, oh, dude, fi- there are some dope stations. Yeah. I like always, my favorite. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, I, I always find stuff that I really like and stations that I could just listen to over and, you know, all day long, but I can't talk myself into paying for it. Yeah, my wife has it in her car right now. And when I get in there, I always listen to my two favorites are Rock the Bells radio, which is a throwback hip hop station. This makes me sound old as fuck. But, <laughs> and then Lithium, the alternative. Lithium's a good one, yeah. Station. Yeah. Oh, they're so, dude, it's Rock the Bell. You can't like seriously like Rock the Bells, but they have like different guys that do like these hours of music. Like Too Short has an hour and uh, the DOC and like all these people. It's so much. It's, it's just such a like, nostalgic thing to do is just sit there and listen to these guys talk about their favorite songs like too short 
I think it's just called the funk hour or something. <laughs> and I like hear him like talk about, you know, now we're going to listen to Dre day back in, and he gives this whole like lead into like how Dr. Dre is funky. I'm just like, dude, this is so much fun. <laughs> you know who I think has the worst station on there? And you're just going to think I'm a hater. Probably. And I am. Shade 45 sucks. Eminem station. It's garbage. Is that cons- that's considered his station? Mm. So is it like his picks for I don't know. Music? There are a bunch of different people that do shows on that as well. I listen to it sometimes. It's okay. I'm just being a hater. It's all right, but it's like not close to being one of my favorites. I just wonder so like they there's a lot of um people that they give like certain stations. Like doesn't like Sammy Hagar have a station? Yep. And several other, you know, people like that. I just wonder how much input they actually have. Like, I doubt they're, you know, sending in lists of songs that they want to be played on their station. I'm sure their name's just on it, and they probably get royalties from their name being on it or something. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. You know who's Jose Mangan? (laughs) He's on Octane. You know, like, Shinedown had their own station for, like, two weeks or something on Octane? So really? there's nothing but shine down. I was like, how dare you? Why would you do that? Huh. But again, that's just me being a hater. Yeah. Did you say that you you listened to the Rogan episode with Louis C.K.? I listened to like the first hour-ish of it. Did you listen to the Aaron Rodgers episode? No, not yet. Aaron Rodgers is like right now, like a mix between someone's creepy uncle and someone's Coke dealer. Like that's what he looks like. Okay. I didn't know what you meant. If you meant his looks or like his persona or what? Yeah, Everything about him. Everything about him. He's a tool. He's an, he, he's an odd dude. It's not odd. He's just a tool. Like, I think he's just I, a turd. <laughs> the Louis CK one was really good. I actually listened to the whole thing. Like okay. you were like, I can't do three hour podcasts anymore. That one's really good. I like Louis C.K. Man, he's really interesting to listen to. I do. Oh, no matter, you know that that. Uh, well, go ahead. I I do have a topic to roll off this though. Go ahead. Well, it doesn't matter what he's talking about. Like I just like hearing his opinions on things, and he's yeah. very liberal at times on his opinions about stuff. But then he's in the middle on a lot of shit. But then he also plays like the card of the role of like I'm one of the best stand ups on earth. So I'm just kidding but you didn't think I was kidding at first. Like he's very good at like, I don't know. He's interesting to listen to. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this today, actually. I think it may have been after you asked me if I'd listened to the Louis C.K. episode. Cause I was thinking about in the past year and a half, two years, anybody who has been under fire, especially stand up comedians for anything, whether it be Rogan, Louis C.K., which I guess that was probably longer than two years ago. For Louis, but uh, Brian Callen, um, right. uh, Chris, what Dalia? Dalia, right? When was the last thing? When was the last time you heard anything about? Like, do you think their careers were hurt? Any now, Louis C.K.'s probably was for a, a short time, but I think he's back and bigger than ever now. Probably. Yeah, I think it's. I think he's fine. I said he was going to be fine. Yeah, I said just give it time. I mean, I think all of these guys are going to be fine. I mean, we talked about that um, 
you know, when the whole Dave Chappelle shit was going down. I don't remember who said it, but it was a comedian. And they're like, you can't cancel any of these guys. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you can say nasty things about them and there will be some backlash for a while, but they're going to continue to do what they do. I wonder if Unless it's, they commit a crime. Yeah. I, I wonder if it of that crime. I wonder if it's different for stand-up comedians in general. Like if they have, like you can't cancel them mainly because they're their own m- money source, I guess. Like they are, yeah. like stand-up comedy is their thing. Like they do that on their own. Now, I guess it could, if they're under fire, whenever they're, if they're trying to do a movie or be on a TV show or something like that, they may be passed over for things maybe of that nature because of them being under fire or whatever. But I don't know. I I feel like stand-up comedy is a different thing. I mean, I think it's definitely different for Louis C.K. I think he, he has the ability to overcome this more so than a lot of other people. Yeah. And look, he just made a movie. Didn't stop him from doing that. He did that on his own. He got his, he got, uh, Louis back from FX. So like he owns that now. Oh, really? I didn't hear yeah, that part. Like you, you brought it up. He put out his own special. Yeah. Did it all on his own. So yeah, I think he's, he was going to be just fine. I always thought that anyway. Now again, if any of these guys commit an actual crime and they're actually convicted, then we're talking about something completely different. Right. Of course. No, but who is the guy I was thinking of? Shit. Aziz Ansari had to go through the same thing. Like, I'm not a huge fan of him oh, yeah. anyway, and I don't know what he's doing right now. Right. But from what people have said, like, he's recovered. No big deal. Chris Hardwick was one. Do you know that story? I forgot. What was the story behind that? His, his ex came out and just basically made all of these public statements about how he was abusive. and Okay. He had, he actually saved all of the text messages and emails from her and released them. I was like, no, no, she's a certified insane person. Right. Here, check this out. Right. And once people saw that, he finally got, you know, exonerated from all of the allegations and the rumors but, about him. But he never lost, like, he never lost anything off of that, right? Which, I mean, he had his no, own, he had his own no, network think- and he probably still does, I'm sure. I haven't followed him in a long time. Yeah, I have no idea. I used to actually listen yeah, I, to his podcast, but it's been a long time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess like maybe the show, because he, he was doing a show, and I guess the show got canceled, right? Wasn't he doing like a talk show or something? Uh, he was doing that Talking Dead, which is like a the show after The Walking Dead yeah, yeah, that yeah, talks yeah, yeah. about the show. That's right. You know, I, I think... I guess we'll see what happens, man. I, I found it, like I always said, Louis was a big one. I was like, when he eventually comes back, because you can tell he was just laying low, kind of doing his thing. When he eventually comes back, he's going to make light of all of this. He's going to be able to joke about it, and people are going to forget about it, which I think is the right approach. I think that's seriously, like, have you have you kept up with any of this Brendan Schaub shit? Uh-uh. Since we've talked about it? Uh-uh. We know we played that little clip of, Joe Rogan and Wendy Cummings yeah. talking about the most hated man on the internet. Yeah. But like the hate on him is real, dude. Like this, this shit is all over. Like the subreddit dedicated to hating on him has over 60,000 followers. <laughs> what you think like in the grand scheme of things, you think that's not a lot. 
Dude, that's a lot of people pushing content out there that is strictly criticizing, making fun of, or hating on you. That's a lot of people. And is it for any certain thing mainly, or is it just everything? Just everything that you can to bash on? I mean, it's just, you know, they just think he sucks at okay. pretty much everything. Okay. My my biggest issue, like, because a lot of these guys, a lot of these people are just regular day job having guys. Like, they're not in the community of artists, whether it be stand-up comedians, podcasters, whatever. I have a hard time, like... I do have a problem with other stand-up comedians because I've seen this. There's one now that has come up on my YouTube several times now. This he's claiming to be a stand-up comedian, and you can find clips of him doing stand-up. So I mean, he's in the community, but he dedicates these episodes, ten minutes of his show, to just hating on Brendan Chobb. And at some point, you got to go, dude. Like it's a good opportunity for him to be funny by making fun of Brendan Chobb's blunders. But at the same time, it's like kind of come off as a little bit pompous and jealous. And I know that word jealous is thrown around quite a bit, you know, when it comes to trolls and hate on the Internet and reading comments and whatever the case may be. But but who wants like the big majority of their content to just be bashing on someone else? And who's watching that? Oh, I mean, over and over and over again, maybe a video here or there, but. Like if that's all, if that's your con, like most of your content is that I, I don't understand why you're getting listeners. I don't know that it's most of it, but I know it's a, a good enough percentage that it's noticeable. And I think it probably has gained him some followers, you know, I guess. I mean, dude, we've been talking about this for two years. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's I don't know. Weird. I don't know. We gained any followers because we bashed Brendan Schaub. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm saying like we're not above this either. Like we oh, all I know. do this. I know. Everyone that does a podcast or that is on the internet, this is what we do. Yeah. Like we know, and everyone, and there are certain people that they think they're above it. Like they put out the best content because they're like they have the most control or the best idea of what a, a podcast should be or a reaction channel should be. It's like no, no, we're all doing the same thing. We're all reacting to one another. Yeah. Some of us are just choosing to talk about it and some of us aren't, you know? Yeah. Obviously you and I try to toe the line on being over the top hateful. Mm-hmm. You know, I really don't think you should take anything we say seriously for the most part. Especially because a lot of times in the beginning of a conversation, we're bashing somebody and then in the end we're like, but we, we like them, yeah. but they're yeah, just, yeah. they do some stupid stuff sometimes. <laughs> sure. But so do I. So <laughs> I'm the biggest idiot there is. But well, I mean, you are a Cleveland okay. fan. Brown specifically. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> what are you gonna do, dude? Cleveland Browns. Right. What are you gonna do? Jacoby Brissett. He's struggling against a third line. They signed Josh Rosen to the practice squad. <laughs> Super Bowl or bust, baby. <laughs> I don't know. You may have already busted. <laughs> someone posted someone posted the video of when Josh Rosen got drafted. You know, he got taken 10th overall. And he's like, those nine teams that picked someone else before me, I'm going to make them pay. And he like gave this like really like aggressive, like intense speech. Not so much, bro. <laughs> Not so much. I think they're going to win 10 games. 
That's a that's a big haul. Nick dude. Chubb. Nick Chubb will have won eight of those for them. Dude, that's a. He's going to carry the ball thirty times a game. He's going to have to. Believe me. Believe me. But how long can you keep that guy healthy running the ball thirty times a game? I don't know. I worry about it. I worry about him. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Speaking of this, and we don't have time to get into the documentary, maybe next ep- next episode. But I was looking at um, in that new Manti Teo documentary. Yep. There's a part in there where they're talking about how he was the runner up for the Heisman Trophy against yeah. Johnny Manziel, and maybe it was just because Johnny Manziel was in a suit, but or maybe because he was standing next to Teo, but. How is that even a football player? He's not a big guy. He is not big at all. Like, I think he's smaller than me. He's a good athlete, but no, not yeah. a big guy. He's 5'10". He's like my size. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. That was, like the first, that was like the main thing I noticed in that scene was like, that guy is not big at all. Mm-mm. No. For his size, throw a football. You can sling a football. Yeah. He wasn't the he wasn't a great passer. He wasn't didn't have the strongest arm, but he could he could sling a football. Yeah. Uh he never learned how to do it like a professional would, but he tried. Is he still and playing? He, is he still playing in one of the lower leagues? I think he's playing like yeah. The PFL or something like that. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah, one of those. Isn't isn't Terrell Owens doing that now too? I don't know. I always thought Terrell Owens was going to be a professional bowler. Is That's that something he wanted to do? Is that do. serious, really? No, I swear to God, you used to huh. see him in the in the crowd at professional bowling tournaments. That's pretty cool, actually. Watching, like analyzing, like did never he cra- did, never cracked a smile, like straight face. Did like, he do like celeb stuff. celeb bowling t- and stuff? At, at some point, he probably did. Sure, I know that was like a rumor going around that he was going to join the. I actually, I I got a kick, which I mean, I used to bowl anyways, but I got a kick out of watching some of those celeb tournaments, like ke- watching Kevin Hart and guys like that bowl is pretty funny. Can I tell you the last thing that I ever want to do with any single moment of my life is watch Kevin Hart bowl. <laughs> I want to spend zero <laughs> seconds of my life. On Dude, that. you are such a hater on Kevin Hart now. Hey, did you ever watch that movie? That uh, true <laughs> story is that what it was called. What's that? The Kevin Hart movie with Wesley Snipes? No. You said you were going to watch it because it had Wesley yeah. Snipes in it. Yeah. It wasn't enough to get me to watch it. Okay. Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm not going to watch the movie with him and Woody Harrelson, and I'm not going to watch the movie with him and Mark Wahlberg. No interest. Okay. Well, I I can't say the same, but... <laughs> it's fine, dude. You're Kevin Hart super fan. That's, no, we we no, all make I, mistakes. I mean, I, no <laughs> I, like, I mean, I like the guy, I guess. But, you know, speaking of that, too... I listened to, are you a fan of Nate Bargatze? Yeah. Yeah. So he was on Rogan recently too. And I actually listened to the majority of that episode. And he told the, Rogan told the story again about how he almost fought Wesley Snipes. I've heard that story one million I times. Thought he, I thought he didn't like talking about that. Apparently he does because he brought it up. He got over it, and now he talks about I, it. I mean, I guess somehow the topic of Wesley Snipes came up, and he had he had to tell the story. Okay. And I just don't know how no, how somebody doesn't know. <laughs> I thought everybody knew by now. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rogan didn't initiate that in the beginning, right? It was Wesley Snipes because Wesley Snipes needed money. Yeah, he was in 
uh, trouble and getting ready to go to prison. Yeah. Because yeah. like tax evasion or something like that. Oh yeah. He wasn't paying big brother anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which I heard didn't, I pr- didn't, what? uh, didn't Will Smith have that same issue? Like when he started Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I think I want to say like all the money he made for the first couple of seasons of that went towards keeping him out of prison. I've never heard that. Maybe I'm maybe That's I'm wrong. I'm strange. pretty sure though. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, maybe I'm talking out of my ass, and I'm not going to research it. So, yeah, me neither. If anybody listening can go check yeah, yeah, yeah. yourself. Go go ahead and Google that. <laughs> if you're listening, because I don't fucking care. I saw Nate Bargatze <laughs> at the Funny Bone in like 2010. Like thinking about that versus who he is now, like how successful he is and how big he is, like it's kind of crazy. I didn't know who he was either. My uh, roommate at the time was like, "Hey, we're going to see Nate Bargatze at the Funny Bone." I'm like, "Who? What?" It's like this comedian. He, I guess he was like, I don't know. He was in some adult cartoon or did the voice in some adult cartoon. Maybe that's how my roommate knew about it. He was in all that nerdy shit. Sure, I'll go check him out. He's funny. Which, I mean, I bet there's a lot of people now who still, if you say Nate Bargatze, they're like, who are you talking about? I mean, yeah, he, he, I he's, mean he is definitely a lot more successful than he was in, two th- in you know, 2010, but I, I, I bet there's a lot of people out there who don't know him. Yeah. The problem is, too, and you would think like, well, he was on Netflix, but like how many people just scroll through that and don't pay attention? Exactly. Cause there's so much there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much there, which I mean, that's because that, that's becoming the issue for everyone now too. I, I hear people talk about this all the time about how there's just too much content to consume now because it's not, I mean, and that's just on one streaming platform. I mean, you know, you, you, there's, there's 18 of them and you, you ha- and from a lot of things, you have to have a certain streaming platform just to get a certain show and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, I don't know that there's too... I don't know if it's too much as much as it's like... I remember that Netflix used to be categorized better. Yeah. And I don't know why they got away from that. I really think they need to go back to that model where they put everything into a better, a specific category. I mean, really specific. Not just like action movies. It was like action movies of this specific genre and like i don't know i just feel like when i first started watching netflix it was different but um speaking of comedy steve ranazisi is coming to helium oh really september 16th nice i'm looking at their website to see if anyone's coming but because i haven't been i was just thinking as we started talking about this like i haven't been to a comedy show in a while I'm trying to think of David Tell is going to be at Helium. No fucking way. I seen him the last time he, well, maybe not the last time, but maybe two times ago, I seen him at Helium. I really want to go. Yeah. November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Michael Rappaport's coming back. I was just wondering that. I still I, I, I still can't believe, and maybe it's just because Helium is such a big chain, but I still can't believe that a lot of these comedians that are as big as these guys are still coming to small venues like that. I mean, tell me David Tell couldn't sell out the pageant easily. I like to believe he could, but... Yeah. I'm going to say this, and I mean no disrespect. If he didn't, 
I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. But like, you he's know, my, he's my, he's top five for me. I mean, there's some guys that have definitely moved up to like uh, places like the pageant and things like that, uh, that I seen at like helium. So like Tom Segura, I seen right. Tom Segura at helium. Um, Andrew Santino, I seen at helium. Um, Joey Diaz, I seen at helium, right. you know, but you know, even guys like Bob Saget played helium multiple times. Yeah, I mean, I think a guy like David Tell probably prefers the smaller clubs. Yeah, because he seems like that kind of guy. Yeah. The other ones, I mean, I don't know, but I would imagine that David Tell's guarantee is pretty good. Oh yeah, I would assume, regardless of where he plays. Yeah, he's getting that. He's getting that veteran money. I think he's doing okay. But. And I guess the good thing, honestly, too, about doing the smaller venues is that you can do them for like three or four nights and do multiple shows a night, and then you can always add shows if you need to and stuff, and too. So the, That's kind of the point. I mean, yeah, so if you, if you think about like how many tickets are being sold for every single show and what the price costs for that, and plus, you know, any money on the top of that, too, like drink sales and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what right. comedians get of that, but I, I mean, I would think maybe it would probably even out or maybe even be more money, but you're also talking about more shows. Yeah. Well, the, that's kind of the point. Yeah. More shows, more money you make. So yeah. But I'm going to go to that David Tell now. <laughs> when is it? seeing Michael rap before again either. When is David Tell? Uh, November 3rd, 4th and 5th. Okay. Who is Jeremiah Coughlin? Coughlin. I don't know. I follow Helium Comedy Club on Facebook, and the majority of the time, I don't have any idea. Yeah. Who they are? Oh, really? That looks like somebody you would follow, or you would go see. I don't. Is that I mean, a, no disrespect? I don't know if that's an insult. I don't. And I've, I. I mean, it was kind of meant to be, but also not. Why? What does he look like? Maybe the guy's funny. What? What does he look like that would make you think that he looks like somebody mm-hmm. I would go see? He looks like he lives in the woods. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's get out of here. All right. <laughs> <laughs>